and what's this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson, and uh, I'm here talking all things. So for Devil's joining the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Whiteside. How's your week been, Paul? In the sunshine, I suppose, uh, when Britain gets warm, you sit around a lot. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> People still want hot water and that. Yeah, it's well, We do a lot of servicing work and bits and bats, but there's always stuff to do, mate, to be honest with you. So, yeah, it's still still pretty busy, but one thing I've noticed is read the roads are absolutely mega. It's been so busy everywhere. I don't know if people are going in the cars a lot more because it's warm, but oh, it's difficult getting about in the traffic and that. But I'm doing all right. I'm coming home from work, probably losing a few pounds a day and sweat like. But yeah, I'm doing all right. So bad. How's yourself, mate? Good, good. This week, I went to a podcast uh, industry meetup at uh, the Lowry in Salford. All the big hitters there, big podcast producers, Audio Always, Audio Boom, BBC, Spotify. Thought I'd go and show my face and promote our podcast. Paul, lots of people uh, doing different podcasts, met a lot of different people, met the guy who runs Man United's official podcast, which was wow. quite good. Right. Mm. He was telling me, telling me, he kind of rubbed up against the side of me. I was like, all right. So, you you know, we, we stole your name, didn't we? And I, I sort of looked at him like, what? That's a bit of a random thing to say to me. But then I was he flashed his badge at me. I was like, ah, you're the you're the Man United podcast guy. But yeah, told me all about interviewing players and, you know, how much of a, compared to what we, we have to do, which is basically just ask, he has to go through the sort of reams of paperwork you know, planning all different kinds of stuff to get sort of players to, to interview. And he said that he seems to think that when sort of the play, the people who get the best interviews out are the people who have either retired or the people who work behind the scenes because oh, they're all media trained, he said. Right, right. Well, I, th- I think I like the way we do it, Rob, yeah. just off the cuff and, you know, a nice friendly chat. I think that's the way to be. Have good manners and just chat to people friendly. Like, But I suppose football's a different different kettle of fish to, to what we do really isn't it the, the players are probably a lot more high profile a lot more high maintenance aren't they and uh, a lot more security around it I suppose but uh, each to their own I suppose but I'm sorry I couldn't have been there with you mate I was working over in Liverpool all day so I was miles away but they're all in mourning over there because uh, City just won the treble so <laughs> they're all uh, flying the flags at half mast over there but no it sounds like it was a good event yeah, it was great. Obviously, lots of stuff going on. Fact, sort of comparing our, our stats to their stats, the industry stats, that I didn't, well, I found out that 94% of people who listen, pod, listen to podcasts listen to them alone. Which, when think about it, when I listen to podcasts on my, on my phone, I am by myself, which also sort of matches up to our stats that the most popular age group of people who listen to podcasts are between 35 and 55 years of, years of age. Which matches right. our stats too. Mm, I know my wife listens to a lot of podcasts and she tends to listen to them when she's out walking the dog mm. and, uh, or she's out in the car on her own on her way to work and things like that. So I suppose, you know, from, from my, and I'm the same, if I, if I listen to something, it'd be when I'm driving about at work. I don't listen to a lot of stuff, I must admit, because I can't concentrate that much when I'm working because I'm always thinking about work and that. But, but yeah, I suppose it's probably about right, that. Yeah. And also the fact that the growth has gone up as well in the industry over the years, like ours has, which matched as well. The thing that didn't match for us and the general industry of podcasts is a lot of people listen on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify when ours, most of it's on SoundCloud. And I thought that was strange. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. I thought that. 
as I was like, really weird. But obviously, if you're listening, thanks for listening. But if obviously you're getting new people to listen, try and get them on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts so it can boost our our range. Because I was talking to other people about the amount of people listen to us every month and sort of the standard sort of monthly listen when people start talking about sponsorship and you know making money out of it. They say is ten thousand listeners a month, and we're on five. And we're a niche market, really, which, right. is, which is really good. Every time I mentioned to them, someone, their eyes were like, whoa, that's impressive. Right, yeah. So it sounds like we're going in the right direction, then. Mm. Yeah. Well, I say lots of things, lots of sort of workshops and, and, and kind of things that I think we can improve on. Hopefully, we can sort of bring it to this podcast and make our listeners' experience even better, which will be exciting. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Well, and don't forget as well, Rob, I mean, Salford is a, is a club. Probably haven't got, you know, you look at match, sort of compared to Manchester United, which is very difficult. Mm. They're like a global entity, aren't they? With sort of getting 80,000 supporters every week, whereas Salford, it's a lot smaller sort of market that we're going to, I suppose, isn't it? So to have 5,000 sort of listeners is probably really good. Mm. Yeah, I was impressed. So I say we're impressed, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty, pretty good as well. So yeah, thanks for our listening. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks for making us grow and continue to grow. It's uh, It's been a journey, and we're hoping that. Uh, Obviously, we'll continue on the journey and make it a bigger and better podcast for in the years and months to come. So, loads to go at uh, this week. We're going to look back at the Castleford win, our ladies' victory in Bradford, the reserves' defeat in Castleford. We've got all the big news coming out of the club this week. Then, preview the big cup game at Hulkingston Rovers on Saturday. So, we'll start with a win at Castleford. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Salford so Devils were victorious against Casper the Tigers away at the Jungle. They won 42 points to 10. Paul, good win for Paul Rowley's men. Didn't really get out of second gear for me, but the result is all that matters in games like that, and they took the two points. Yeah, yeah, we, we I think we both said that after the game when we were having a chat, weren't we, with each other uh, um, about us not getting our second gear. We both agreed on that, and I think Paul Rowley did as well. But you know, you say that, but we still scored eight tries hmm. and, and made our opponents look very, very poor. I thought, well, it was a case of cast were poor. I thought, I thought they, we made them look poor, though. You know, the way we opened them up and um, you know some of the tries and their, their defense was all over the show, wasn't it? So they looked very, very disorganized, and especially with Wakefield with the weekend. They're probably looking over the shoulder now, aren't they? Because they're a poor team. But yeah, and I, I know what you mean. I, I think there was there was parts of our game where it could have been a bit more polished. But I think the most pleasing thing for me was the, the you know keeping Castleford to zero points in the second half. I think it was a great, great defensive effort when we had to to work on it. We scored some cracking tries as well, but to win forty two ten away from home against a side who just beat Leeds at the at the Magic Weekend and you know a bit of confidence, I thought we we brought them right back down to earth. It was a good result. Yeah, and you know, like you said, I think if Wakefield finds some form, Castleford are in trouble for me. Well, yeah, second half didn't concede any points. Defended quite, defended well. Thought our pivots, the Briley, Croft, and Sneed combination played fantastically well. And yeah, I think Paul Riley would have been sort of happy that we, we got through uh, without any injuries. Man decided to to swap the players around at the in the back end of the game to to rest a few bodies. And that I suppose that's one eye on the cup uh, next week. Yeah, it's all about the two points, I suppose, isn't it? And uh, to get up to twenty points by this stage of the season, ten victories, I think it's a great, it's a great first half of the season. 
you know, we're about halfway through now, aren't we? So it really is. I mean, if we could double that in the second half of the season and finish up with, with 20 wins, that that takes to a high position in the table. So yeah, I thought it was a really good win. You know, it, it's always difficult to go away from home, especially somewhere like Castleford. And we've done well there the last few years and the last few games we played there. So I thought it was a really good display. I thought we defended well when we, we needed to. Like you said there, the, the, the spine of the team looked good. Ryan Briley, I thought, was outstanding in attack and defence. You know, he chased back and showed great pace to bring um, the cast winger Tate down. Great, great tackle on him. Plus, he had a hand in some of the tries as well. Craft and Sneed worked really well. And uh, Chris Atkin was great again. So, there's loads and loads of positives to take out of the game. It's a big performance from a lot of players. So, it's, uh, you know, Paul Rowley will be really pleased with that. Yeah, before we talk about the match, but I just want to touch on the unsavoury scenes uh, off the field between the Salford fans and Casper fans, both sets of kids. I think the RFL media kind of blew it up into this big big thing when particularly I don't think it was. I think it was the only thing that was missing was sort of thirty kids surrounding and shouting fight, 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 like they do in the junior school. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a non story, Rob, to be honest with you. I mean, I was watching it from where we were sat and you know, because my, my daughter and my dad and my mum were in the crowd that and so you panic a bit thinking, oh I hope they're all right because what what these people need to remember is you've got to be careful because you bump your head on the concrete or something like that, it's good night, Vienna. You know, you need to be have a bit more common sense because it's all right having a fight in a boxing ring, but you do it outside somewhere. It's so, so dangerous. So, yeah, I think it was blown out of a portion. I think it was a bit of handbags, really. And you see these videos all the time, don't you, of, of like football violence and that. No one ever throws a punch. They all seem to get held back by the invisible man. And they're all bouncing on the toes. <laughs> no one ever chucks a punch, do they? But no, I think it, it's just silly, really. You've got to be careful, though. You know, there's kids about and that. You know, you need to. People are getting up to no good like that. You've got to behave yourself and um, you know think about you think about your surroundings and who's around you. And I know everybody gets a bit excited sometimes. The sun's out. You've had a few beers and that. But you know, just just take it easy. Yeah, rugby league is a family sport. Remember that. That's what you know. We need to, to remember uh, going forward. So let's talk about the match now, Paul. Good win from Salford. Red Devils. First try was Reese Williams' kick to the corner. Widdop and Gary Gary make a mess up of it, and uh, Williams is there to pick the ball up and secure the first score for Salford. Yeah, they made a real mess of that, and you know, without before I saw the replay of it, you, you sort of wondered what had happened and how he'd got hold of the ball there, Reese Williams. But I think you've got to give Williams a lot of credit. He's in the right place at the right time. He scored six tries in his last four games, so he's in really good form, isn't he? And you know. He might miss out this weekend. You know, Joe Burgess looks like he's going to be back. So, you know, Reese Williams is usually the fall guy, isn't he? But he's more a more than capable replacement. I think he's a he's a super player to have in the squad. And uh, yeah, took his chance really well. Yeah, there was talk about an infringement in the build up to the to the play. Uh, Reese Williams pushes Gary Gary into Widdop. There is a push, but I don't think it's enough to cause Widdop to basically collide with Gary. Williams is just there to, to, to do what good wingers do, grab the ball and score a try. So, Salford went 6-0 up, cast it back, Gary Gary offload by Lafay. Um, Gary Gary picks up and races over from 40 metres, 6-4. Yeah, that was the one where Lafay just seemed to, he just seemed to bobble out of his hands, the ball, mm. didn't it? Went straight to him. So, it was two sort of uh, mistakes, really. I mean, then the next try was Widdop coughing up an eye kick, wasn't yeah. it? So, three real... Howlers, really, weren't they, for the first three three tries of the match? And uh, on what was a bone-dry night as well, it was quite unusual to see those sort of tries. Uh, the the Lafayette one was, I think, just a loose carry, really. Yeah. Ball just seemed to squirm out, uh, you know, from the invisible hand punching it out. But uh, it'd be disappointed with that. But I think he more than made up for it as the game went on. He was superb. Yeah. So Salford scored next. Chris Atkin, like you said, kicked to the corner. Widdop spills it. Ball's recycled. I think Stone gave it to Atkin. Atkin goes over uh, for the for the score, and we lead 
12-4 with 20 minutes uh, gone, Paul. And then a quick 10 minutes there. We score another couple of tries. Dion Cross goes over after a lovely work, I think, from Sneed. And uh, Dion Cross makes uh, Widdup look like a, a clown, goes over uh, for the score to make it 18-4. Yeah, he zigzagged him there, didn't he? Mm. And uh, really turned him inside out. It was good play, that, from Dion Cross. And, you know, the try before that, as you said, Atkins scored. I thought it was a good finish from Atkins. He had a bit of traffic round him. But, no, Cross, he did really well. Uh, I thought he played well at the Magic weekend. I know he got simbed in, but he's been solid. And uh, good to see him get over and score a try. Because he had to be scored, that. You know, it was a good break. But then mm. he had the presence of mind and, you know, the nice footwork to uh, And the confidence as well to go around uh, round Widdup and, uh, and get over. Yeah, and then Salford scored another try. Ken Seal, lovely team move from left to right as I was looking at it. And Ken Seal does what Ken Seal does and good wingers do. Stretches over in the corner to extend over's lead to 24-4. Yeah, that was a great pass, wasn't it, to uh, to Seal? I can't remember who passed it now. Was it, um, it Brody Croft? Yeah. I think it was Croft, wasn't it, who... Uh... Yeah, it was a super pat that CO went over, and it was uh, was it the the Briley break that one? Yeah, no, it wasn't. I'm looking at what, no. Well, well, he went, he went, really went over in one corner, and then he moved it from left to right, went through about five or six pair of hands, and then CO sort of had half a yard to yeah it was, in the corner. It was the Briley pass. What it was a lovely cut out pass from from Briley, and uh, you know it really created the space for CO to to go over. Good finish from CO though. You give him half a chance, and he's a super finisher, isn't he? And uh, twenty four points to four. I think that was them, wasn't it? Yeah. So coming up to half time, Cass sort of looked sort of bereft of ideas for me. But then bang on half time, uh, Kenny Edwards scored, kicked by Rob, just fl- just fluffed it, and then uh, Edwards just there caught it and just ran over for ten meters. Everyone just looked at each other. It was like, well, where's that come from? Yeah, Paul Rowley said just after the game, didn't he? It was a hail mary kick. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's right there. Really, used to hit and hope, and uh, you know Kenny Edwards just. I think he was as surprised as anybody, wasn't he? He just take the ball and get over. So I think that was completely against the run of play, really. He was completely in control. And 24-10 probably, probably gave them a bit of a glimmer of hope, didn't it? If they'd have scored the, the, the next try after half-time. But Salford put pay to that, really, didn't they? Come out of the blocks pretty quick at the start of the second half. And that, that try, you know, early, door, early doors. Um, I mean, I know we knocked on from the kick-off from Armoury, but then uh, Lafay was, was quality with Williams, wasn't he? Setting him up for a try. Yeah, lovely offload by Tim Lafay, kind of out the back, and Reese Williams popped up for his uh, second score of the uh, of the evening. Yeah, so we were in front, twenty eight ten at that point. We scored again six minutes later. Ken Seal off an interception, uh, ran forty meters to put us even further in front. Yeah, he did. He did, and he's got the pace, hasn't he? You know, Cass was chasing the game there, and they probably had to do something. You know, you twenty eight points to ten down at home. You've got. A, You've got to force the pass, haven't you, and try and get back into their game. There's always that sort of danger then that you're going to concede more points. And CO took that gift. And then it was one-way traffic again. Williams and Lafay, they linked up superbly well, didn't they, for their next try? You know, it was like the Williams and Lafay show on that left mm. end. They were absolutely sensational. First, that pass you just mentioned before, out the back door to Williams. And then Williams, I thought he was great. He was really composed to put Lafay in. And I think that was 38 points to 10 then. And... You know, uh, the, a lot of the cast supporters had gone for the exits, hadn't there? Was hardly anybody on the ground after that. Under the Salford supporters, so uh, so yeah, we was well on top by then. Yeah. So obviously, at that point, the game kind of petered out a bit. Uh, Salford scored at the end uh, through Stone. Another lovely bit of work from Max Need sends him over, and yeah, it was it was it was a good workout ready for what is to come this week for me. Didn't take too much out of us. Got a bit of work out of it, and uh, we're primed ready for, for okay. 
Yeah, I think the main thing, Rob, from from what Paul Rowley said to us was that we've not really come away with a load of injuries from the game. We've come away relatively unscathed. So, uh, and it's a confidence boosting thing as well. And I think he did right, Paul Rowley, by sort of mixing it up and making a few changes, bringing people off. And you know, what's the point of risking people getting knocks? You know, at the end there, the game was in the bag. He sort of changed it around, used his subs really wisely, and yeah, it, it was it was a good result. You know, Wilkinson Rovers got absolutely battered in cattle on the day after, didn't they? So that's not going to do them any good. But for us, it was a good result, a good away away win, and yeah, we can start looking forward to it to a big cup quarterfinal now. Yeah, talking about Paul Rowley, it is Paul Rowley and Ryan Breely uh, talking uh, after the game to me and you. So I'm joined by Ryan Briley. Good win tonight. Yeah, good. Um... So it's always tough at Castleford away, so um, I think the most important thing was the two points. I think getting to the stage, uh, stage of the year now where uh, you want to start firing and, and hitting your straps as such, so I think we did that tonight. Yeah, obviously scored some great tries out there, flowing moves, you know, you one of the sort of the pivots to play, maybe must be pleased with that. I think, I don't sound daft, I think there's been a, a bit of a myth around us not clicking an attack, um, but we're winning games, so I, I, I never really understand that, so... I think we was, we was doing a good job. I think Brody and Sneedy in particular are doing an unbelievable job. Just makes my job a little bit easier out the back there. So um, credit to them two boys. They, they're playing really well at the moment and we're, we should be um, privileged and, and feel privileged and proud to have them. Yeah, we've won eight of the last nine going into this uh, cup game next week. That's exciting. Yeah, our most important game of the season for me. I think at the start of the year you only get three chances at trophies, don't you? So massive one for us on, uh, on Saturday. I think... Um, it's a really, uh, really, pivot, really pivotal point in our season, and um, to get to a semi-final, two games, uh, two games away from Wembley is pretty important. So um, I think this club, to take that next step forward, we need to win something, don't we? So I think it's very brave for us to come out and say we want to win something. Um, we've got to go and back it up, and we've got to, got to put our best foot forward. This is probably one of the best chances we've had of winning something. You're a soul fan. You've seen him through the years. Uh, this team's got to be up there with the best. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one from a from a fan's point of view because I am a fan. Yeah. So I think when as a fan I'm seeing you come to Castleford where at times we've been absolutely battered by this team, <laughs> uh, and, and I've been in that that away stand there and, and watching us get beat by 15, 16. I think just saying to Brody, then we come away from there with, with with a 40 point win, and we're still probably not happy with, with with elements of our game. So just shows how far Salford Red Devils have come under under Paul Rowley that. That isn't enough for us tonight. We want it. We want more. It makes us hungry, and everyone shares a common goal of winning some silverware. So um, things are good. Uh, the happiness is is a focal point. But again, we, we understand we're probably nowhere near where we need to be to win a trophy, and, and we're getting there. We'll get there. Yeah, Challenge Cup next week against the Hull KR. The cup is a big thing for us all fans. Travelling to Hull KR is going to be a big challenge. Beat them last week, uh, but it's a whole new game. Yeah, I think it'd be a completely different game. Um, we're going to get no calls. We're going to get no uh, no 50-50s. Um, it's, a, it's a real tough place to go and, and their fans account for a lot. So um, I think emotionally we've got to be in the right place and uh, in, in the right frame of mind, I suppose, going forward. So I think that's that'll be the main thing, is uh, making sure mentally we're in the right place because I think last week we gave us a lot of confidence that we can beat this team. Um, ultimately, it'll be a, a mentality thing to make sure it's on the right attitude and deal with all the emotion and the, um, the noise around the game, which will be... It's exciting. I think if you if you don't get excited about these games, you're in the wrong sport, aren't you? So one that we're looking forward to. Brilliant, Ryan. Cheers and uh, well done tonight. Cheers. Brilliant. Coach's corner. Right, I'm delighted to say I've been joined by Paul Rowley. Another 
Another big win, Paul. I mean, mm. I didn't, didn't think we played that well tonight, but you've just blown Castleford away. Yeah. Well, you must be pleased. Yeah, I think Kurt said at half-time, it, we, 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 we was, it was a funny old game, wasn't it? Because we had an opportunity to score just before half-time when I took it to 30 points to four. As it, as it happens, they scored off a Hale Murray kick, 24-10. Yeah. It was like, oh, here we go. There's like on Huddersfield on the cards here, 44-40, win this one. Got written all over it, but we look like a, a good team playing in second gear. Uh, I guess that's a sign of our progression, to come here and win 40-odd-10. Uh, and be almost like oh, okay, yeah, that's good. Job done. Get out. <laughs> it's a huge win, really, isn't it? When you, when you actually break it down. So um, yeah, we're, we're delighted with the the victory. We're delighted that we paid a good a good testament to Callum Watkins's 350th game. Uh, the whole game for us was based around attitude and standards, uh, and and that's a reflection of Callum and his career. Uh, and so I would, you know, I thought we'd take that box. I thought our attitude were good. Our standards were high. Uh, we maintain them. We want to keep improving them, uh, and there's a never willingness to keep working week in week out with these this group of lads. So uh, it was a good it was a good victory, and, and uh, like you said, there's probably more points in it for us if, if we were you know on point. But we had the luxury of messing about with our subs a little bit as well. So some of that you know wobbled us a little bit. But um, uh, yeah, that's what you get when you're you're in good positions. Is that what this win was built on? I mean, because you could have took your eye off the ball, you've got a cup quarter final next week, but the attitude just seemed absolutely bob on tonight. I mean, yeah. that second half, what's the most pleasing point? The tries or the fact that you didn't concede a point in the second half? Yeah, the non conceding is, is always the best. We build every game we play, we'll build on our defence. Obviously, speak, people speak about our attack, that's what everyone pays the money for, but I think we've seen over the last 18 months some unbelievable courage uh, defensively, you know, whether it be away from home or at the AJ Bell. Um, there's been periods of good defence, so you know we we we, we concede two points. Like I said, one off a, a, a nail Murray kick, one off a, st- uh, a steal. So sloppy. I'll put them as just sloppy. They're not lucky from Cassie's part. Sloppy from us. So we're disappointed with them too. But but credit to the lads. I thought they come up with some really good reads. I thought indiv- a lot of good individuals. Stoney were good. I thought Dion had his best game. Kenny had a good game as well. So and 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 then the usual suspects all performed consistently to a high standard. So uh, again, it was a it was a game uh, surrounding for us. It was a game that was all about Callum Watkins and and I thought the lads did him proud and and he got a little rest there at the end. They had 20 minutes to to sit down and watch the the end of the game. So you don't want to go back on though because you're desperate for a try. Because I noticed <laughs> that tonight. I thought he was going to score tonight just to cap it off. But like you said, a fantastic performance and yeah, I suppose it's hard to pick out man of the matches and things mm. like that because someone asked me at the end of the game who do you thought was your best player mm. but I think it's so difficult because everyone's putting a shift in aren't they yeah and 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 then if you look at some of them tries that like the execution of it's brilliant whether that be Brody, Sneedy, Kez and so you know they're, they're playing consistently well them players which is you know is good for us and, and, they, and, they, and they, they play well consistently because they consistently train well uh, you know the boys know my favourite saying you can't be a mug six days and a champion on the seventh but and they're not, you know, and that's why they are what they are. And that's why they get what they get, because they deserve it, because they work hard. Joe Burgess was missing tonight. Can you mm. tell us a bit about him? Has he picked a knock-up or...? No, he's been, he's, he's had a, a knee infection, just, he's got a, a really bad, well, really bad to Joe, but we're a bit old school. He's got a scab on his knee, effectively. Right. Don't want to make that sound really uh, small, but uh, he got, he's got infected, keeps getting inflamed, so uh, we felt that, you know, that we've got Reese Williams there who... Who's uh, 
who needs to keep ticking over and and, and has been really good. So uh, you know we we uh, give Joe the week off and. Uh, I don't see any problem with him playing this week. He should be fine. Too many times for cup quarterfinal next week. What's the plan going up there? You're going to stay over the night before. It's an early. It's yeah. Twelve o'clock kickoff. What's yeah, you, we've got to stay the night before. So we're, we 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 travel well as a group. We enjoy each other's company, and I think sometimes when you travel with a team, if you if if you feel uncomfortable with in 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 uh, in, in certain situations, then it's always quite draining. But uh, we've got a really good group, so. Um, Any time we travel is uh, is a pleasure with these boys, so uh, we're looking forward to it, and uh, you know hopefully it'll be a good game. I think there was an article on the the club's Facebook page I think, the other day saying you're a band of brothers. I think that yeah. that probably describes you guys, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I, I think you know every I think every team likes to kind of roll out the same lines, don't they? But uh, I, I, what we've got is authentic and genuine, and uh, like I said before, you. I could go and sit on that bus now and sit next to any single one of them and be as comfortable as I am with the next. So uh, it's uh, it's a good group, and I guess you know we, we, it's well documented that it's probably the smallest group, but uh, in in many respects that's probably our strength as well. So uh, you know there's, there's not many of us, but uh, we love each other to bits, I guess. Better get on that bus before they've all the pizza. Mm, no, no, it's probably too late now. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks very much for speaking to us, no, Bob. All pleasure, the best, always. best luck against all mate. Thanks, mate. So that was Paul Rowley and Ryan Briley uh, talking to us after the game. Paul and, and obviously both were sort of happy with uh, with what sort of the result and the win. Um, but obviously they knew there's plenty more in the tank if needs be. Yeah, I think we won the game at a canter, really, didn't we? It was never in doubt. We punished Castleford, and and I think I think they were both pleased about the the result. And um, and yeah, and, and there's bigger things to come. But there was no way they were going to look at that whole KR game before the Cast game. You're not going to have your, your eye on that. Paul Rose is a very humble guy, and he prepares very particular about his, his preparation. And you know, he, he wanted to get that result. And now we'll move on to the OKR game. So, uh, so yeah, you could see that sort of smile on his face again. But it's, it's been job done. I mean, since that St. Helens game, we've I think we've won four in the bounce since then, haven't we? Since that setback, so we've done really well. You know, they, they beat the two whole clubs, we beat Huddersfield in the cup as well. So we're, we're improving all the time. Missing Andy Ack as well, we've got him to come back into the team. So, yeah, I think it was really pretty. I, was, I come home from Catsford on Friday night, really chuffed with the result. Mm. Yeah, Ryan Briley talked about the times he'd gone to Catsford as a supporter and watched her various Salford teams uh, get a bit of a punling. But this one, Obviously, we you know we get to to Cass and, and dominated. He talked to tell, said that he spoke to Brodie Crafter about it. And now it's such a difficult place to come uh, for Salford sometimes, but not. No, yeah, well, it has been over the years, hasn't it? I, I was talking to somebody and sort of going on to my dad on the way there. We talked about the 2002 season when we played them four times that season. And you can remember the 74 points they put on us at the Willows. I think we got beat there in the cup. We got beat there 20 odd two in the league, and then they come and beat us on last game of the season, 20 points to 10, and relegated us. So. You know, uh, it's not always been playing sailing against Cash. We've had some really miserable days there, haven't we, at Weldon Road? So, yeah, it's nice to go to those grounds and get a win. And I think, you know, you said it yourself a few times about the club, you know, changing and transitioning. And it's a quote you use quite a lot when you say uh, we normally lose that game, you know, in, in years gone by. And you always say that to me and you're absolutely spot on. Uh, we would normally, you know, lose lose these sort of matches, and we're not now. We're, we're winning these games. We're winning them comfortably as well. So that's a club that's changing its culture, changing the way it feels about things. And you know if we are to make progression, it's no use just winning, getting into the playoffs one one year. You need to be doing it every year to change the people's Intelligent. perception of the club. Yeah, the outsiders looking in. 
Mm. Yeah, that, that's what you want. And the Cats have done that. I think they're the prime example. They finished top of the table, got to a grand final. They were in the playoffs every season, weren't they? And that helped them get their crowds up there. And I think we're becoming that team now, moving on from a sort of cannon fodder team. We, we're now a team that's starting to challenge. And, you know, that that's that's a great thing. Yeah, I think Castleford are kind of like getting eaten by complacency, where yeah. they they'll, they'll get to the playoff, it'd be fine. And now they've got an aging team, a lot of injuries, coach not particularly doing fantastic stuff. And, you know, you can feel the burn, especially with Wakefield winning last week. Yeah, do you know what? That's the impression I've got this season from the, the two sides that play Castleford. You know, at their ground on, on Friday, the supporters seem sort of really fed up with it. The rugby, the, the watching's poor. To say the least, the, like you said, they're an aging team. There doesn't seem to be a lot of spark there. There's injuries. The coach isn't particularly. He doesn't look comfortable, does he? You know, in his no. press conferences, a new coach there, but you know, following on from Lee Radford leaving, they're a club that's in a bit of a bit of a hole at the moment, for want of a better word, and they're struggling. And like you said, there, if Wakefield pick up a few wins, which they could do, they brought a few players in, signed a few players. Luke Gale's got to make his debut yet for them, so you can see them winning a few matches. So, um, so it's going to be tight. You know, they could be the, those two clubs in the old uh, rhubarb triangle there in West Yorkshire. They could be the ones battling out for the wooden spoon. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the stats now, uh, Paul. Uh, top tacklers, King, Vuniaiawa, 24, Jack Almeroy, 22, Sam Stone, 26, Oliver Partington, 24, and Ben Helliwell, 21. Yeah, not massive numbers, but I think that's down to the fact that we had a lot of ball, didn't we, in that game? I think King Vuniaiawa, for me, was very, very impressive, I thought. He has been for the last last couple of weeks. I think he's he's starting to get better and better. Now, as, as, as grounds get firmer, he's running harder, he's making a lot of ground. I think Jack Armour, right, he's probably one that's a bit low on confidence. I think he made a couple of mistakes, did he knock-ons and things like that. So, he's a player for me that probably needs to improve a little bit. Um, and he'll probably say that as well. Going off the others, um, I thought Atkin was good for us as well. But yeah, the, the guys who put the tackling in there, yeah, not a lot of tackling this week. But Oliver Partington's another one. I think he's been a smashing signing from, from Wigan. I think, you know, if you're Wigan and Matty P, you're probably regretting getting rid of um, Oliver Partington because I think he's he looks as good as anybody in that Wigan team. He, you know, he's really been a good signing for us. And, you know, obviously, you've come in and replaced Elijah Taylor, really, didn't he? And you've probably got a like-for-like player there, only, only a, a much younger version. So, I've been very, very impressed with him. Yeah. Uh, top meter makers, Kensey, 173. Tim Laffey, 174. Brodie Croft, 109. Sam Stone, 98. Brodie Cross, 137. William uh, Reese Williams, 138. Tyler Dupree, 86. And Max Need, 94. Some big meters there, mm. yeah. Some real big meters there. Another guy who deserves a big mention and he probably doesn't always get the three word man of the match reports is uh, is Sam Stone. Mm. I think Sam Stone does. He's he's what you you call it an eight out of ten player every week, yep. isn't he? You know, he, he go he, because he's so consistent. He sort of flies under the radar really, but he's very very solid. Very solid runner, gets involved as well, does an awful lot of tackling and I've been really impressed with him in, in recent weeks and he's really shored up that back row. And I think losing Shane Wright as well was a massive blow for the club and he's he sort of you know stepped in there and took on the, the role of Shane Wright really. I know he was playing the same team as him but he's took a lot of pressure off the forwards and uh, he's been doing really well. Yeah, biggest in proportion rug player I've ever seen, Sam Stone. There's not, he's only very slight, isn't he? He's not a, not a huge bloke, is he? But no. he's he's fairly slim, isn't he? But you know, he he, he sort of really works hard and mm. you know, takes a bit of stopping as well. He's deceivingly strong, isn't he? Mm. Average gains: uh, Ken Co eleven, Callum Watkins nine, Tim Laffey nine, King V eight, 
Sam Stone, eight. Tyler Dupree, eight. Ken Seo there. That's a great stat mm. for Ken Seo, isn't it? It just shows how strong Ken Seo is. You know, he makes yards for fun, doesn't he? You know, in contact and, and in the uh, in the loose as well. When he gets a break, he's away so sharp, isn't he? And he's another player that probably get into any team in the league, wouldn't he, Ken Seo? He's such a quality, quality player. And, you know, it's a massive game for him this weekend. If he gets half a chance against Okari, I'm sure he'll be in. But, no, some some really good stats again there. Tyler Dupree, I thought, was impressive again. Another big performance from him. So, uh, he seems happy at the moment, doesn't he? So long, may that continue. Yeah, big thanks for your three word match reports and man of the matches. Mark, very slick performance. Watkins, Colin Wilson, rampant Reds, masterclass Watkins. Martin just gets better. Williams, Rick, Ricky Peen, his dogs in sale. Slayfield and Salford, Williams. Paul, Rowley is God. Atkin, uh, Ray Snow, very bitter. Cass, your mate. Roy Ellibit, very classy. Salford, his man of the match was Chris Atkin. Andy Lancashire, sizzling, superb. Salford, Sneed. Richard Martin, simply too good. Cross. And uh, Julia Coleman, uh, her man of the match with the commentators on Radio Leeds. You were you were behind the mic for Radio Manchester, uh, Paul. I hope you weren't as uh, as uh, biased as uh, the Leeds ones. No, I only got last. That's at the last minute, and no, you, when you do it, it's, it's yeah, I like I like doing it. It's nice to be able to do it, but you can't be too biased. You've got to look at the game and, and just say what you, it's in front of you, really. And I believe. Um, Radio Leeds, some of the stuff they must have been saying, well, I don't know where they got that from, because he said their edge was as good as ours or something else. So, so yeah, listen to Radio Manchester, get it on lined up, listen to Radio Leeds. Yeah. <laughs> good <laughs> listen to us. But no, I think they, they'll always give it from um, the point of view of their side, I suppose, whether they're covering Castleford or whether it be Huddersfield or Wakefield, whatever they do, Leeds, they're going to look at it from their point of view. I, I don't know who was the summer, I think it was James Clare, the summer as we obviously played for Cass. Um, so they're going to look at it from their point of view, aren't they? But uh, but no, keep smiling. We, we won, didn't we? So yeah. just tongue-in-cheek, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It says, it says they went quiet every time Salford scored, <laughs> which isn't great radio, has to be said. No, no. Um, Philip Steele. No, David Snape, professional performance. Bryler, DS, beginning to purr, Atkin. Uh, Afar, room to spare, Atkin. Uh, Lubick Ross, uh, nothing better interception, CO. So, yeah, so big thanks for you three with match reports. Man, the match is great when obviously our listeners get involved and tell us what they, uh, they're feeling after the match. Just some of the names we're struggling with there, aren't we? I read <laughs> some of them. You can't, you can't tell who's who, can you, on the names? But no, no, it's good. They, they always come up with, with different ones, don't they? I mean, there's, there's certain players that never ever get mentioned, like I said, there with Sam Stone, but I think. You sort of expect them them to do that, and you think, well, that's not out of the ordinary. So, uh, but no, there's always certain players who catch the eye with what, with what they do. But I think, you know, from my point of view, I think you could, you could probably give the man a match to to anybody in that game. I think everybody was good. Everybody had a solid game, and um, you know, there's players who, who have to work on stuff. That's always the case. But I think it was a thoroughly professional performance, and to to score 42 points away from home's you know, it's, it's, it's a great result. Yeah. Let's move on to our ladies, Paul. They were in action against Bradford at Odsall and won 34 points to 28. Uh, a last-minute winner by, by YPS was the difference and took the two points back down the M62. 
Yeah, you know, a tremendous, uh, tremendous result uh, against Bradford, and um, you know, Odsall stayed not been there for a few years, have we? And uh, yeah, that's a, a great win. I think it's the win that they needed, wasn't it? You know, they were after a, a confidence boosting victory, and uh, you know, what a better way to go and uh, score a few points at Bradford? It sounded a very entertaining game by all accounts. You know, the weather's been warm as well, isn't it? Difficult to play in that sort of condition, so I bet it was energy sapping, but uh, but no, a good win. Yeah. Louise Fellingham opened the scoring for Salford. A little kick through by uh, Demi Jones and Louise Fellingham was there to push the ball down. Salford extended their lead with a try from Steph Gray. Lovely hands from Fellingham again and sent the Steph Gray over in the centres and Salford led 12-0. Yeah, Louise Fellingham is uh, captain. Fantastic, isn't she, really? You know, setting things up and doing a great job there. And uh, yeah, a great start to the game. You know, some good tries and... Like we said before, they, they just needed that bit of confidence, didn't they? You know, you've been on a bit of a run, not like a dire sort of run, but they've been on a confidence draining run, haven't they? You know, we're losing matches and, you know, you just want to book that trend sometimes, don't you? So, yeah, to, to get in front there and get a good lead, that probably uh, perked everybody up. Yeah. So then, obviously, unfortunately for Salford, Bradford hit back with three tries in sort of one every 10 minutes. One first one, they kind of powered over by the post. The second one came from a, came from a kick. Bit of a confusion in our back line and they had the numbers to go over in the car and then just on half-time, uh, they crashed over uh, by the post. 18-12 at half-time. Obviously, going, starting the game really well, going 12-0 up, obviously would have been a bit, would probably have played on the minds of it. Yeah, well, that's when you need to show a bit of character. You know, you mm. get in front, you chuck a bit of a lead away. And then you, you've got to bounce back and you've got to come again then, haven't you? You know, put all that effort in and you, you've got to go again, haven't you? So I think you're showing an awful lot of uh, character there, credit to you. Then you come back in that second half and, and, and turn things around against, a, you know, a capable Bradford team as well. Yeah, they had a tremendous 10 minutes uh, just after half-time. Uh, Lauren Ellison uh, scored off an interception, ran 40 metres to score. And then Brogan Evans started, uh, sort of scooted over from dummy half as well. And then... Two minutes later, Alex Simpson scored a little kick by Demi Jones. Uh, Sam Evans retrieved the ball, found Alex Simpson on the inside and Simpson went over for the score and Salford had a bit of a lead there. Turn the game on its head. Turn mm. the game on its head with some, some quality plays, some quality tries. And, you know, Bradford couldn't really live with that, could they? So, uh, you know, that that's what you've got to do sometimes. And actually need you need those miracle plays, don't you? And those, those quality plays. And uh, sounds like they had it in spades there on Sunday. Yeah. And then, obviously, Bradford knew they, they were in the game, fought back two tries in sort of five minutes. In the last sort of ten minutes, took the took the scores level uh, and it was all play for. Yeah, yeah, real seesaw game, really. And and that's when you've got to hold your nerve. You know, when it's going back and forth like that, you've got to hold your nerve. You've done so much work in the game. You don't want to blow it there late on. And that's where it needs that bit of composure, that bit of skill just to get you over the line when needed. Yeah, so obviously Salford at that point, we're in the arm wrestle with three minutes to go. We've got possession, we've got territory. Louise Fellon and found YPS who stepped over the line, crashed over under the posts. Absolute scenes on the uh, the Salford uh, sideline and Salford took the points. I'm not surprised, Robert. It's a quality result. A result they've been searching for for a number of weeks. So uh, congratulations. and It's something to build on now. So there's a bill in no game this week with the Challenge Cup. And like Louise Fellingham said a couple of weeks ago when I saw it at Magic, they, they've been a bit low on numbers, haven't they? They've had, they've had injuries, the squad's t- taken a bit of a kick in. So when when you do get that, that sort of week's break now, that's time for them to refresh and, and then come again in the second half of the season. Yeah. Uh, I spoke to acting head coach Dawn Schofield after the game and this is what she had to say. 
Coach's Corner. Hi, Don. Welcome to the show. Congratulations on the big win against Bradford on Sunday. Talk us through it. Hi, yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, really amazing achievement on Sunday, taking into account the conditions and the late kickoff and the heat. And there was a disruption to their usual uh, pre one pre match routine. And I thought that they were they handled the resiliency there was brilliantly. Yeah, a bit of a, an unusual start for us, but a great result. Just sort of kind of through the game, you know, we got Lobby, captain fantastic, who scored after four minutes. Um, she scored from a little kick through and got on the end of that, which is absolutely fantastic and kind of set the tone for the rest of the game, really, in that, in terms of making sure that we got through to the end of it and we got through with a win. After 10 minutes, Lobby again to Steph to go over after a set restart. Um, always looking for that pass, a brilliant kind of score from Steph there on the edge. Um, great defence from us, kept the score at 6-12. Half time, it was eighteen twelve, which was disappointing, and um, but kind of the half time talk was around reminders about processes and our non negotiables, really. So I hope that was well received, and I hope that they kind of went out there and and listened to what we asked them to do. Not long after half time, the amazing Lauren Ellison um, had been reading that all day, really. She'd been waiting for that pass. She'd been she'd been there waiting. She picked up a brilliant intercept, ran quite a distance. And, and scored, which was really, really good for her in terms of what she needed right now in the season, and um, which got us level. Um, Scoot from Brogan at 53 took us in front, which is really good. Again, she, ran, she runs all day. She makes meter after meter, and she's a tackling machine. 56 minutes, Alex scores on the edge after a great pass from, pass from Sam Evans. Um, following a great kick through from Demi Jones, you know, her kicking game was immense on Sunday. I think she gave us a range of options and she really made, she really challenged Bradford in terms of how they managed that. So that one came from her start, really. They score to equalise, which is frustrating at 75 minutes. We kind of thought we might just be able to hold it out, but we, we didn't manage that. So, you know, back to frustration at our own performances there. But there was kind of a mentality from the team really is that we're, there's absolutely no way we're losing this. And I think credit to them for that. It would have been really easy to just roll over at that point and think we'll stick with the draw or we'll go for the golden point or whatever. But they didn't. They were absolutely adamant in their kind of process from that point. And then kind of a fairy tale moment really from Yaz on 78 minutes. Yaz managed to score her first try for us and she goes over under the sticks after a great get pass again off Lobby. You know, we've asked Lobby to play at the line and she absolutely did that and put Yaz over and Yaz crashed over from very close. And again, that was a massive um, confidence boost for her as she's been finding her feet in Super League and and, and absolutely what the, she deserves for the efforts that she puts in her, on and off the field. And obviously, you know, Demi's kicks kept us chipping away and kept chipping away at them and kept them us ahead and it finished at 28-34 which was too close for comfort but a win is a win regardless of how it comes and we're pleased with that. That's two wins in three games in Super League so far you must be happy with the performances uh, so far this season. Yeah I think we're happy with the results because that's what we need, we need points on the in the table but I think we definitely feel that there could be an improvement in terms of performance I think that we know what we're capable of we know what their players can do and I think that we are hoping that yes we've got the results but hopefully that the performances improve 
We've shown some great attack against Bradford. But on the downside to that, there was some kind of defensive weaknesses which we need to fix. And I think that as we continue to meet, we've got kind of fed in the next few weeks and then we meet Barrow that we really do need to kind of continue with our champagne rugby and um, the way that we want them to play. And we need to fix up the defensive stuff to make sure that we're not conceding as much as, as we are doing and kind of at the points that we're not conceding. So there's a bit of work to be done, but happy where we are. I think the way we are, we're exactly where we're expected to be. Um, but we, we know that there's got to be some improvement in the next few weeks. No game this week. Opportunity to work on some things, like you said. Would you prefer a game, uh, though, to try and build some momentum? That's a tricky one, really. In a way, yeah, you kind of do want to roll on and and continue with your winning ways and certainly gathering momentum in terms of our attacking structures and what we can do there. But I think we've got actually got a couple of weeks off. We kind of have the Challenge Cup game quarterfinal this weekend, which obviously we didn't make. And then the following week is the nines final. So it actually gives us probably three weeks prep time for Featherstone, which allows us to get back to um, kind of full strength squad-wise. We've been carrying a massive amount of injuries, um, Taz, Serena, Lucy, a number of players who've been not available to us because of injury. It, it kind of gets us closer to the line with those and making sure that everyone's fully recovered and, and raring to go. And we're kind of treating it as a little bit of um, a bit of a mini pre-season. So there's some conditioning work going on. There's some specific work going on around different positions. And I think that we're using it as an opportunity to, to regroup, to recover, to get people back available for us and to go into Featherstone with potentially the, you know, a, a selection headache with the strongest squad that we've, we can select from. So, yeah, the, the and the weeks off won't do them any harm in terms of being able to see their families and, and things like that. But, it, it, you know, it, it's a fine balance between wanting to carry on with that momentum, kind of balancing play welfare as well. So that was Dawn Schofield talking to me after the game. Paul, and obviously she was sort of happy with, with what was what was sort of produced, but she thought there was more to come and more to work on uh, with the weeks to come. Yeah, definitely. There always is. There always is. I mean, you probably conceded a few more points there than what you'd want to concede. It's not the perfect performance, is it? But it's a win, and it's a very hard fought win. And and you know, a lot a lot of effort's gone into that. But there's always some things that you can polish up on and do better in your next game. So I think she's got a lot of positives there, and a lot of things to to work on and and get right for the next fixture. Yeah, like we said, not no games for the next couple of weeks because I think it's a challenge cup this week and yeah. I think the Rugby League nines at the AJ Bell is the week after so there's two weeks there for them to, to fix up any anything that they think you know, might need work on in the next couple of weeks because obviously in Super League you're playing against the sort of uh, top teams week in, week out so you need to be on your game every week and obviously our two wins out of three it shows that we're, we're all mixing it with the best. Yeah, certainly, certainly and, and like you said as well Gives you a bit of time to to rest your bodies and get people back who are not quite fully fit. A break in a season can always be good. It can work both ways sometimes, but it can come at the wrong time. You know, once you've had a win, you want to build on that momentum, don't you? But no, you've got a few weeks now to get things right, and I'm sure they'll use the the weeks for uh, you know to their advantage. Yeah. So congratulations on ladies on the win, and like I say, a couple of weeks now to to build up again, ready for the next challenge. Let's move on to. The reserves they were in action against Castleford uh, at Menhoes Jungle on Saturday, but were defeated 38 points to 26. Paul Castleford had to bring Scott Morell out of retirement to play standoff. That shows how bad their uh, sort of injury crisis is when you have to bring your coaches into play. 
quality player though Scott Burrell he's been mm. over the years hasn't he he's, uh, he's, he's always been a clever player to watch I remember him playing against Salford for Halifax in that uh, middle eights a few years ago and he still had it then so uh, so yeah he's a wily old player knows the game inside out but no you're a bit desperate there aren't you when they were uh, I heard that rumour on uh, Friday night actually that Scott was going to play so uh, so yeah I think I think they are struggling Castlewood at the moment as, as a club I think they, they've got a lot of issues there haven't they on and off the field so uh, so yeah a lot to, lot to worry about Yep. So Castleford raced into a 10-0 lead. Um, we had a, a man sent off, Jordan Brown, in that period as well, which is obviously a blow. If you're going into a game at Castleford, which is difficult, away from home, you want to keep uh, your full sort of full team on the on the field. So to, to be sent off, put extra pressure on Stuart Wilkinson's men. Yeah, certainly. And look at the weather on Saturday. It was absolutely scorching, wasn't it, as well? And you, you're trying to compete in that sort of heat with uh, with 12 men. Your backs are against the wall straight away, aren't you? All the team needs to do is move the ball and, and you're going to tire, aren't you? It's going to get to you in the end. So uh, so that was, a, that was a big blow that had a big sway on the game, I think. Yep. So, we obviously a man down. What normally happens, team lift, don't they? And Salford did at that point. Try from Matthew Unsworth. A big carry from him. Crashed over to make it 10-6. Salford scored again shortly after. A lovely kick by Ellis Archer. And, and Billy Walkley was there to scoop the ball up and score which was fantastic for, for him because obviously he's a, he's, I think he's got X factor this, but Billy Walker scores good tries. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's going to be one to watch. Yeah, making a name for himself there, playing the good stuff, scoring the good tries, and that's what people see. So, uh, yeah, his progression, you know, he carries on, could take him somewhere like that. So, it's good to see, good to see him do well. As you said there, normally when a side goes a man down, it, it lifts the side, but it also sometimes the opposition who's got the extra man advantage, they can be a bit, you know, complacent, can't they, and, and make mistakes and be a bit gung ho. And I think Salford probably took advantage of that as well. Yeah, uh, best the try of the game. The next one for me was was uh, the one from Joe Couplin Franklin, uh, Salford centre. Caught the ball on his twenty, went the wrong way round. Uh, the the winger ran up to the fullback, stood him up, went, stood him up, ran round him, and went over from eighty meters. Fantastic try, uh, and uh, yeah, you know what what a great score from him. Yeah, he's got a bright future in the sport, hasn't he? We saw what he could do last season, you know, playing in the in the first team and um, in being around the first team. And yeah, I think he, he's definitely one to watch. You know, he's got that explosive pace, very good, good hands as well. And yeah, it was an excellent try, an excellent score from him. Yeah, so then two tries from Castleford, put it all back in the melting pot. But Salford scored again. Jack Stevens found Scott Egan and he crashed over uh, to tie up scores. Yeah, Jack Stevens as well. We've mentioned loads of times about Jack. Very, very clever player, clever halfback, good pair of hands, and he's another player with a massive, massive future in front of him as well. So they're a real good bunch to solve the reserves. I think there's there's some experienced players in there who've been around a while, but you've got some real youthful players as well, and it's a nice blend, isn't it? And, and that team's getting better and better. I know they've not got the result in this game, but you know, you know, fought all the way, and to do it with twelve men, I think is uh, hats off to them. Yeah, obviously at that point you're in the mixer, you're out of 12 men, you've got the heat, you've got the intensity of the game and, and Cast seemed to stride, stride away from a bit, scored four unanswered tries at that point, Paul. But we scored at the end, Matty Unsworth scored his second, another powerful run from him and he crashed over. So at least we ended with a flourish. 
Yeah, my dad's always said that to me since I was about five years old. It's always nice to score last. <laughs> it sends you know, it sends you know, happy with a smile on your face. So yeah, you know, joking aside, it, it was a, a tough game, wasn't it? As you as you we both mentioned there, the, the sending off has is probably had a massive played a massive part in that game. I would say I think the thirteen men on there they probably would have just had enough to to win that game. So so that's a blow. It's a blow to lose the game anyway, but. I think that, that team's drawing in confidence and, you know, it's a, it's a learning process for that reserve team. They've not been together long. You know, give them a few more years together when they're getting to know each other and, and progressing together and then get stronger and stronger. Yeah. So that's the look back at all the games this week and now we'll see what's happening in the world of rugby league or the world of Salford Devils. So we'll start, Paul, with the big news that the Wigan game which is the armed forces appreciation day you can get free travel to the match uh, if you're a serviceman a service woman uh, veterans season ticket holders or match ticket holders or under 16s which is very exciting yeah i saw that before on the on the twitter tonight on my, my way home i think that's great they've got a good partnership there with the with greater manchester transport and, and other people who've got involved with that so Let's just hope it's not just for that game. Let's hope we can build these bridges for future games as well. If we can get involved with uh, with, with, with Greater Manchester Transport and, and get buses on and things like that to, to help get people to the match, I think that's that's great. You know, it's great for the city, it's great for the club, and uh, and great for the people of Salford, isn't it? You know, giving them options to, to get there. But no, I'm really looking forward to that game against Wigan. I think it'd be special. I think it's always special when they have the Armed Forces Day. It's a really good atmosphere and everybody gets involved. It's always buzzing outside the ground before the game as well. It's a Sunday afternoon. Weather's probably going to be decent. Wigan are coming. They'll bring a few supporters as well. Let's hope we can smash that 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 home record attendance because I think it's it's a real good opportunity there. I mean, especially to beat Ulke in the cup. You know, you're on a you're on a cracking run in the league. You could be in the semi-finals of the cup. Wigan are in town. The behind is in the league as well. We could be strong favourites to win that game. That that could be a cracking afternoon. Yeah, running buses from the Trafford Centre Bay, sixteen, uh, three pound return, which is something for fans who use Trafford Centre might want to uh, use that option. I think it's great, like you said, Paul, that the club are using the opportunity to spread uh, the you know the word of Salford Red Devils. It is a big test for the new, we'll say, owners owners of the, the club, which is us who put the money in, how we can promote this game to potential fans. Uh, and it will be interesting to see what attendance comes out at the end of it. Yeah, but I think there with the Trafford set, that's good links as well. I mean, you could make a, I know it's, there's a cost of living crisis and things aren't, aren't cheap, but you could probably make a real day of it if you've, if you've got the till to do that. You know, £3 return on the, the bus. Um, get yourself a bit of tea at the Trafford Centre or a bite to eat, a coffee or something like that after the match to celebrate another Salford victory. Could make a real day of it. I mean, people sometimes moan about where the stadium is, but the, the sort of transport links there, it's not far from the Trafford Centre. I mean, you can walk in 20 minutes, can't you? You can leave your car there if you wanted to. So, you know, you can really make a day of it going to the match. Now, I, mean, I know it's difficult on a Friday night when, you know, you're finishing work, but a Sunday or a Saturday, afternoon games are an ideal opportunity to take your family and enjoy yourself. And, uh, you know, you won't be disappointed. The rugby's fantastic. The entertainment's fantastic. The whole the whole day, I think, will be great and people will be loving it. Yeah. I think that the, the important thing is putting this information in front of the people who it will benefit. And that's yeah. a big test for the club and for us fans in promoting this game and promoting this club. So it will be interesting to see how that is done and if it 
you know, ends up being a big attendance. I hope it does because obviously they've got a lot of effort in. They've got a lot of things going on, a big uh, performance going on at the, the stadium as well to sort of entice the fans and not just make it about the rugby, making it a day event as well, which is exciting because we like you like I think Parker says a lot it's more of an event now it's not just about the 80 minutes you have to bring the people in to the whole day and, and make it something that they want to attend and hopefully you know the club have, have sorted out a, uh, a big day uh, with bands and stuff playing uh, you're just hoping that this information is put in the right places in front of the right, right people to make them think oh I'll go down and then it becomes a big event yeah that's it and and no we talk about the event and that, but the, the main thing is the, t- is the team, isn't it? And, and the team are playing well as well. So you can't really, I can't think of a time where I've watched over where they've played as well as this, to be honest with it, in the sort of 30 odd years I've watched them. So, you know, it's a cracking atmosphere, especially some cracking rugby. The weather's been decent. You know, there's there's characters in the team as well. You, you, you get to know and love it. It's, it's a real good atmosphere at Salford. And, you know the, the stadiums are, despite what people might say about getting to it, I think it's a it's a good facility. It really is. It's a cracking facility, cracking views in, in the stand, and you can have a belting day out if you go there to the ground. I mean, I, I know what one one friend who comes quite a lot and gets tickets. He, he's into the speedway and that, and he, he comes watching solve. And we have a bit of a joke with him because they always win when he comes. He's got like a record of about a dozen games he's been to, and they've won every time he comes. Absolutely loves it, and he's become a, a converted supporter really now. So I think anybody who comes as an outsider who's done know about, about rugby league they'll enjoy it and, and be hooked on it I think that's happened to a number of people who I've read about on the on the, the various social media and that but yeah this this day should entice you in and it's about the club and us promoting it and, and telling the people of Salford not just the people who are already con- don't preach to the converted preach to the people who don't really know a lot about it because there's still people in the city who we probably don't know, so it's a big area and we need to let these people know. Yeah, other news, walking rugby and PDRL training sessions are on Tuesday, Eccles College. And obviously, in the community, we want to be able to entice you know people who are, who want to play rugby but night might not be able to. Um, obviously, walking rugby is there if, if, you're, if you're ages and you don't want to be running about. And obviously, physical disability rugby league is there if you have got a physical disability you now have the opportunity to play for Salford Devils that's right Ian Parkey says it every week and you say it every week don't you about the opportunities to play for this club and get involved with the club and the opportunities are there you just got to go and get involved now and you know I think it's great I think the club what they've done on the budget that we've got I mean I say it all the time it's been nothing short of a miracle Really, and I mean, the, the people of, of, of the area, the councillors and the mayors, people like, should really get behind the club, and uh, I, probably, I dare say they do, but sometimes I don't think the club gets the acknowledgement and the, the sort of rewards that it deserves for the, the work that it does. You know, it brings happiness to a lot of people. I mean, I know the team get beat sometimes, they let us down and, they, you know, we lose games, we don't win anything, but I'm not honoured about that. I'm on about the, the way that gets the, the public involved. You know, like you said there, people who, who go to walking rugby, just for example. I mean, you know, that could be a cracking afternoon out for somebody who's not done anything all week. So I think the club are, are putting these branches out now for people to, to get involved. And, you know, as I said, we've not got, you know, sackfuls of people working there. We, we just, we all seem to muck in and do our best, don't we? And the community are doing a great job. Yeah. <laughs> So before we talk about the Hulky R Cup game, Paul, we had a quick sort of brainstorm, didn't we, about uh, best Challenge Cup moments uh, for, for Salford. We made a, a little bit of a list, the best and worst. What was your best uh, Challenge Cup moment 
following Sopra Devils? Well, it's the obvious one, isn't it? I mean, the 96 game against Wigan, I mean, remember going to that game as if it was yesterday and you didn't really think we had a, I didn't think we had a chance of beating Wigan. But as the game sort of wore on, it was one of those days where, hang on, everything seems to be going right. You know, she's saying to me, Dad, how long's left? How long's left? And as the game went on, he felt like something's going to happen. That was a miracle. I remember coming home from that game and it was like, it was like a dream. You didn't really know. We sat having our tea on that Sunday night and if we just beat Wigan, it was really, you had to pinch yourself. I don't know, we got beat off St. Helens in the next round. Well, that was a great memory. Um, I'm talking about the 90s where, same as you, when I grew, grew up, I was at school, I was a teenager, enjoying life. 97, the cup run, beating Castleford away. Saw John Cartwright come out. He's absolutely huge. And we absolutely whooped Castleford. We'd just been promoted. We beat Paris uh, in the next round. Then we hammered Warrington at Warrington before losing to Saints in the semi. So cup runs, I think, are exciting as well. So the sort of mid-90s, 96, 97, good times for me. I, I enjoyed those times in the cup. Yeah, Harry Hargreaves, one of our listeners, agrees we are beating Wigan in the in the semi final challenge. Uh, beating Wigan in the semi final challenge cup, but atmosphere and uh, Barry and Judith Keyflet are the Willows when Wigan prevented from winning the cup seven years on a trot. So there with you on being the the best uh, Salford moment. Um, I think there's other ones, Paul, as well. Uh, I think London away in 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 2000 in Kingstonian. Uh, well, you know what a game that was coming back from. I think it was ten points behind with five minutes to go. Jake Weber, I think Jason Weber, crashing over to to win it for for Salford. Or was it Darren Brown? I can't remember now. But the absolute scenes uh, behind the behind the goal, uh, and we had a mass pitch invasion at the end to celebrate. I do remember the pitch invasion. I'm trying to remember the score. I think it was twenty two twenty one, wasn't it? Yeah, twenty one twenty one twenty or something. Was it twenty two twenty one? Yeah, twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it was 21 to London and we 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 scored 22 didn't we? I think they yeah, dropped yeah. a goal but yeah the, um I think we played Barrow in the round before that as well and uh, won away at Barrow so uh, before obviously the game afterwards the quarter final at home to Warrington eight minutes injury time and blooming Alan Hunt scores for Warrington <laughs> yeah. that was an heartbreak there was a few heartbreaking games around that time sort of late 90s early 2000s wasn't there yeah another good one 2014 Holloway uh, Rangi Chase drop goal. Francis Melly going over in the corner. Mullaney kicking a goal from the, the touchline. Yeah, if I remember right, that was a Thursday night. And I remember being sat behind the goals in that away end at all. And when Rangi Chase dropped that goal, no, we, my dad and whoever was with us, I can't remember now, it was my dad and his mate. We were saying, um, right, we've got to kick off now. And it was like, no. It's finished. Mm. It's it's golden point, and I don't even think the players knew that because yeah. it was like it was a pause, wasn't it? And people didn't really know. And I think somebody looked in the program and said, "Oh no, it says in the program there if it's extra time, it's it's done." And that was it. But that was a great win, that. Yeah, we can relive this that moment now because I've got a recording of me commenting <laughs> on that game. So here's the last two minutes of that game. Final hooter. It's full now. 20, 15 metres out. 
with Holly Asina driving to the line and so forth to get on the line and come charging out now, pulling an ideal position and the chase is on and the chase is there and he's pulled it, he's pulled the drop goal luckily for Salford with three minutes to go and it's, uh, it's time on the clock for Salford to come again with the tap penalty, three minutes to go and it's Greg Johnson who steps and brings the ball forward to the 40 metre mark for Salford two and a half, two minutes to go now for Salford, can we find an opening? Theo Farge gives it to Jake Mullaney who gives it to Harrison Hampton who steps and tackled there by a couple of whole defenders Theo Farge who gives it to uh, um, Mullaney who looks like could have been on foot from that Mullaney Sideways at the moment, Pera gives it to Lana Tazza. Looks like he expected that ball, but he managed to keep hold of it. And then they're 40 metres, so good now. Lee gives it to Randy Chase, he's got runners. Chase pings the ball long for Francis Miller, who steps back inside. Francis Miller back inside now, he gives it back to uh, Mullaney. Mullaney to Harrison Hansen, and there's gaps on this right hand side as Hansen comes. Gleason kicks through, and it's. Oh, it could be a. Yeah! <laughs> 
the sofa fans going bananas behind the goal from the far end. And it's all on. Extra time. Ten minutes of extra time we've got before you now. Wonderful kick by Jake Malena. And the sofa fans clearly in Dreamland at 36 hours. Wonderful, wonderful rugby league. Unbelievable rugby league. The sofa fans cheering the, cheering the boys on. But hopefully now sofa can continue their good form and snatch the victory. Like you said, Paul, nobody knew what was happening in extra time. I was trying to get... I think it was David Clegg's attention to see if he could tell me, but he wasn't looking in my direction. So when Rangi Chase drops the goal, I'm like thinking, well, we have to we have to carry on here until everyone runs off celebrating. So uh, in hindsight, I wasn't particularly excited about the Rangi Chase got drop goal, but we were through the next round. Yeah, was it 2014 that? Yeah. I think it was 2014, wasn't it? I think we played Witness in the next round at home and got beat, didn't we? So, um, yeah. I don't know, my dad was telling me one the other week, I think it was in the 60s, we played, it might have been 66, we played St. Helens and in Wigan, it was just before my dad started going, and I think they were the cup finalists the year before, and Salford beat Wigan and then beat St. Helens, so they beat the two cup finalists and then got beat against Dewsbury in the next round. <laughs> it's like that that seemed to happen if you go through the, the yellow the yellow Bible, the yellow Salford sort of, sort of history book, and you look right through the 70s, they had some great wins in the cup, but for whatever reason, could never get to Wembley. There was always someone who thwarted him, you know, I think with Bramley in 79 with two replays. So the, the, the Cup's are always something that's like evaded Salford, hasn't it? And then there's that blooming COVID final as well. So I think to, to beat Ulcair on, on, on Saturday and, you know, look at the semi-finals who we could have in that. I mean, I know you can't count your chickens, but you've got Wigan who could get through, Warrington, St. Helens, Lee, you know, Hull as well is still in there, York. So it's going to be, it's going to be some great games. Yeah, even though we watched it on telly, Dan Sargentson going over, I think it was against Catalan, Tam Compton's flying out the line and missing, and sent Sargentson over for the try, uh, and also Lussick crashing over under the post senders to Wembley, both on telly, but it was what it was. Yeah, I think I went to them, they were both at the Langtree Park when they yeah. St. Helens ground, yeah, they were the behind closed doors games, there was about 10 people in the ground, I can remember it, and Jumping up was... when they got to to Wembley and, yeah. and, and, and won, but it was like really bittersweet because there's there no supporters there. So, yeah, it was that season for me. Don't know, it, it's one of them. You sort of write it off in your memory, really, don't yeah. you? It didn't really happen. So, yeah, I think I think they were great moments, but it's not the same when the fans aren't there. I tell you what, it was. It was Kevin Brown and uh, Chris Wellham read the play and sent Sargent over the score. Bad times. Um, Lee twenty. 20- to 2001 in a mud bath we got beat there did a number on us that day yeah it was 12 in the up as well Warren Jowett scored two yeah. tries in the first half on his debut I remember that game it was absolutely bounced it down you couldn't really see the players they were that sort of covered in mud and both both teams kits were just black weren't they but credit to Lee that day I think Simon Spavich was playing for Lee that day you know former mm. solver player I think he had a storm and pretty sure Lee won 16-12 and um, Adam Bristow played for them Neil Turley they had some good players and they deserved it. They won. They had a good win. Yeah. Sheffield 98. One's that one that haunts us forever. We don't really, I don't think I've watched it back and no one likes talking about it, but I'm feeling now we've exercised that ghost uh, with the million pound miracle and whatever happened after that. Yeah. I, th- I think, yeah, it, it doesn't hurt as much that anymore as it used to do. I remember driving home that day with my dad and I was looking out the window all the way home and he just felt like 
I've never felt that low before. No, I've had lows in my life, but that's one of the lowest. You um, didn't know what to do with yourself. He really did feel... I mean, I don't know what it is. Defeats don't seem to hurt me as much as that anymore. I don't know whether it's when you get a bit older and you have kids and you experience things in life and you start growing up a bit. But back then, when you sort of... How old was I then? About 14, 15. Rugby league and that is... You're a kid, aren't you? And it means the world to you. He still does now, but obviously it's different. It's a different feeling now. And I can remember that game. And like you said, I, I've only ever watched it back once. I think I watched it back about three or four years ago on YouTube, and it made me feel sick watching the bit where Steve Blakely goes through at the end. It was yeah. just oh, and that blue kit. I've actually got that blue shirt. A friend of mine gave it to me as a present, and. Um, I've kept it in a box under my bed because I don't want to look at it. To be honest with you, it was a nice little souvenir. But I think we only wore that shirt. I think we wore it against Ovenden in the cup that season. We played them at Thrawal. We wore it. When else did we wear it? I think the Sheffield. I think we only wore it twice. And no, so I, no, I'd never want to see that shirt again. No. <laughs> and then the other one I wrote, wrote down was Alan Hunt for oh, Warrington when he scored a fortnight yeah. into Soppy's time. That was 2000, wasn't it? That was the game after the Kingstonian win yeah. against London, wasn't it? And um, that was at the Willows. Massive crowd there that day as well. And you know what? Salford played really well that day. Got Malcolm Olker had an absolute storm. We bossed the game. I think we were leading for the whole game, weren't we? And you just knew something was going to happen there at the end. And fair play to Alan on. It was, yeah, it was a good try at the end, wasn't it? But yeah. no, I think that's another time. That was quarterfinals, that, wasn't it? And, you know, we could have got to Wembley that season. So many times we've got so near, haven't we? And, uh, you know, the semi-final of 2017 at Warrington mm. against Wigan. I thought we was winning that game at half-time, weren't we? I think the Manu Vatavai playing that game. I think he played in that game, didn't he? The New Zealand winger. Yeah. And we, we chucked that one away in the second half, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. There has been a few moments that, that makes you makes you want to curl up and die. But you're hoping for that next big one, aren't you? Yeah, that's why we go, don't we? That's why we go to yeah. the games because you're waiting yeah. for that next moment. And yeah. it would be even... You know, bigger be a Challenge Cup game. You know, the one that the fans really want. Obviously, we get in there in the COVID year. None of us got experience of going and, and I'm enjoying that Cup final experience. But on the plus side, the club have got to a Cup final. They've experienced what that is. Even though the players, this group of players, apart from, I think, Inu maybe, uh, aren't involved, but the whole club have. So there's, I shouldn't, if we get to a semi final again, for me, there shouldn't be that sort of anxiety that it's, it's all or nothing because we've been there before as a club. Yeah, I'm trying to wrap my brain. I don't think there's many people left from the no. 2020. So, Reese Williams has left. He's oh, Williams, try, yeah. He? Scored, yeah. Yeah, Reese Williams scored a try, didn't they? Um, yeah, so, you know, it's going to be a massive game against Old Car. We'll probably talk about it shortly. You know, um, we played them in the, in the Cup you know, a, a few times in the last few years, haven't we? And uh, it's a tough place to go. But I don't know. They just... You speak to Paul Rowley, we saw him on Friday night at Casford, didn't we? He's got that steely determination in his eye at the moment, hasn't he? And that, that belief and that confidence. And I, and I think this group of players that Salford have got at the moment, there's there's a real feel-good factor between them, isn't there? A real will to win and, you know, a desire about them. And I've said it to you before, there's other teams in that league who've probably spent a lot more money than what we've spent. But mm. I think there's one thing that they've not got. And that's that team spirit and that togetherness that we've got. You know, without naming names, I'll name one. Huddersfield. They, I watched them. On, I watched them on Saturday um, against Warrington, and, and they've got some really, really good players. But I just didn't think that they. They just. I don't know. They just don't look like a team to me. 
Um, and I watched the interviews after the game and I felt a bit sorry for them, really, because they've got some good players and they, they just can't get things right. And I thought, well, we're lucky. We've probably not got those those riches that they've got and that massive squad. But we've got a team spirit and a team and a spine that's doing really, really well. I mean, at the moment, we're doing well because we've not got loads of injuries. You know, we, we could lose Snee, we could lose Croft and then things go, go, go belly up, don't they? But, you know... Thank ourselves, look at them. Well, we've got a healthy squad, you know, mm. to a certain extent, and, and and that's what it's all about. Yep. So let's talk okay and the cup. It's time for the double So Salford travel to Hulk KR on Saturday, midday kickoff. Paul Abdul, their uh, tormentor in chief, uh, is a well, he's out injured by the sound of it. I saw on Twitter, possibly is it 12 to 15 weeks out, oh, which right. is a blow for him, a blow for them, but a boost for us. Yeah, it sounds a bit like they brought him back too early, doesn't it? Because he's had a recurrence of the injury that he had before. So I have seen, I got a bit miffed off the other day with a few things I've read on Twitter. I don't. I keep it all to myself and I have a chunner when I'm driving around in my van. But <laughs> I thought, so I saw some old was saying, oh, that's it now. We, you know, we've got all these injuries and Salford are going to hammer us. And I thought, you're taking the pressure off yourselves. We've still got to go and win that game. I looked at the bookmakers' odds. They've got it evens for Saturday. So they know it's going to be a close game. So, you know, all care sports can take the pressure as much as they want. It's going to be, you know, you can't blame it all injuries and get your excuses in early. So, um, so no, it's going to be a tough game. There's no doubt about that. You're going away from home. It's a cauldron atmosphere there. Their sports will get behind them. You know that. Um, and they've got some good players as well in that in that team. You look at like, Kane, Lynette, Mikey Lewis. You know, they, they're good players, aren't they? And uh, Sean Kenny Dowell as well. He always impresses me when he plays. So, you know, they're, they're, their side's a decent team. You know, um, Jordan Abdul, he's he's a big player out of their side. I'd like to him to have played. Really, you want to beat teams when they've got all the players out, don't you? And go to glory. But we'll just, I think for Salford, it's it's about us, not about them. They can have whoever they want playing for them. It's about whether we do our job. If we play well, we'll beat them. Yeah, I'm not going to believe it so I don't see his name on the, the team sheet. The amount of times I've spoke to Paul yeah. Rowley in pre-match press conferences and he's gone, oh, ex-player, six weeks. And then the 20-man 20, 20 team, come, 20-man squad comes up and he's there. So until I don't see Abdul's name on that squad uh, list, then then when it's not there, then I can breathe a little bit more easy. Two games they've played so far against them this season. Lost early in the season, won at Magic. Do you think that's a factor going into this game? No, because I, no, I don't think O'Kara are playing as well as they were at the start of the season. I think they fell off. They've lost four on the bounce, I think, in the league now. Maybe more, might be five. At least four to five, anyway. And No, I, I, I don't want to say they bottled it, because I don't think they bottled it. I think they've they've had a few key men injured. I think... I've got to be careful what you say, haven't you? But... No, I'll say it because I'm outspoken. Me sometimes. <laughs> I think I think they're depressing that overhype. Okay, sometimes and hold to a certain extent. And they're a big city, aren't they? I think they seem to get, you know, um, people talking about is this that and the other. But I don't know. I think they're a decent team. They're a decent team. Oh, they've got some very very good players. But Lachlan Coote's a big miss for them as well. Um, Abdul's a big miss. But they've still got some good players though. So it's going to be a difficult game, Rob. It is going to be a difficult game. Um, I expect if if you had to ask me now, I, I think we'll win. I think we'll win comfortably because not because of Ulkar and who's playing for them, just because we're playing well. 
I think that's what Paul Rowley will be saying to his players all week. Don't worry about who's playing for them. Mm. They can wheel out whoever they want. We've got to just do our, our business. And on our day, we can beat anybody in that league. We know that. We know we can beat anybody. We've, we've proved it. So uh, just go and play our, our natural game and I think we'll be fine. Let me write that down. Paul Whiteside, shock jockey. <laughs> what? Radio shock jockey. We went out with big statements and you know, the, least, the least sort of shock jockey I've ever met. Who, me? Well, yeah. No, never, no. Never, never say anything controversial at all. Well, I do when I'm driving about. You should have a, I've got a camera in the van, actually. You should have a listen to it when I'm driving around listening to stuff. Right. <laughs> I like my rants. <laughs> but no, no. I, well, I try and... I, I, don't, I don't like being disrespectful. That's why I try and, you know, keep level-headed. I think even when you, you do like radio and stuff like that, you can't slag people off and say, oh, you know, I don't like him and that and the other because you should be respectful about stuff. But yeah. no, I just think that... I think sometimes we don't get the credit we deserve. And I know Paul Rowley will say that, won't he, that um, he likes to fly under the radar and things like that. But I think we're in a good position. I mean, you're the same age as me, aren't you? We've watched over a long time. And I think you look at it now and I think this is probably the best chance we've got of winning a trophy in all the years I've watched Salford. I'm 40 now, same as you. And, and you get in on a bit and you think, am I ever going to see him win anything? And this season, I actually believe that we could. You know, you look at it now, I think we're playing better now than we were in 2019. Mm. And we got to a grand final that season and came mighty close. I think we're better. I think we're a better team now. So I think, I think we've got levels. And I think at yeah. the moment, we've, we're playing it maybe three, when really you've got four, five and six. And yeah. I think they know that as well. So when push comes to shove and we need to find a gear, this team will find it. And, I, and like you said, Paul, we've watched many Salford team down the years give us hope and then fade away or fall away or fall off a cliff. This one is different for me. And I think it comes down to Paul Rowley and the way he manages his, his squad and the way he, he likes to keep everyone sort of chilled and, and don't over-hype things and not build it up into a, a big thing. And he wants his players to remain focused on what is ahead, which is basically a cup game on Saturday. I think they're going down on on the night before, which avoids the, the travel up there, which which is great because obviously, you know, that's a factor. Obviously, going to Hull is a, is a long way, so they'll be rested and, and ready for, for the cup game. Like you said, yeah, you're, you're spot on. I think there is levels and it's about getting to that level and it's about peaking at the right time. Mm. And I'll use St. Helens for an example. To me, they're still the team to beat. I know they're, they're six in the table at the moment, but I've watched them the last couple of weeks and they've been ruthless and they can go through the gears. And if you want to win something this season, you've got to you, you've got to beat them. You're probably going to have to beat them. And they're tough. They're, they're bullier. Paul Rowley told us that. We know that. And and that's the standard you've got to get to. And I've watched them the last... I think I've lost their last three matches now. And they destroyed Wigan. I watched the game on Saturday afternoon when I was chilling. And they, they destroyed Wigan Friday night. Absolutely destroyed them. And the, some of the rugby league that they played... They're they're the benchmark I think at the moment and 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 you look at the end of the season when you get to September October they might have been poor for the first few months of the season but they'll peak at that time they'll come good at that time they'll be tough to beat they're resilient they've got pace they'll finish and the, and and they'll just grind you down as well and we can we can commit the same can't they? but I think St Helens are that next level so yeah you, you've got to look at these teams and use them as a I'm no St Helens lover but I do admire the way that they play the game. 
and the way and admire the way that they come up with results and win trophies. So I think we've got to look at that, and I think Paul really knows he can get these levels and get to this next level. Yeah, I suppose Wigan and Saints have their own ecosystem. They have their own structures yeah. that they've they've lived in, haven't they, for forever in yeah. going to cup finals, going to semi finals, and what it takes to win one. Um, we're new to it, but we, we've got experience of competing in them now, like in the the semi final, the, the in the Super League, and you, you just like say, I, I just think. I don't think there's any pressure. I don't, I don't feel like this is a you know a massive game. We always say pressure is a privilege, and 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 that's what this is. It's a, it's an opportunity to to get into a semi final and, and take the club to that next level. Because when it comes to semi finals, anything can happen, can't it? So I don't say I don't feel any pressure at all on uh, for Saturday. No, we're we're away from home. Hmm? Yeah, we're away from home. I, I don't think there's any pressure. I think you go there and, and play play your game. Just going back to like like St. Helens and teams like that, I think with, with those teams, yeah, you're right, they've played in finals before. I think the expectation is there amongst their supporters and amongst their club and amongst their town. I suppose you, you got somewhere like St. Helens, you were expected to do well. You were expected to win. You're not expected to drop the ball. You make a mess of something and you're out and someone else will come in and take your place. I think you've got that ruthlessness at those sort of clubs, haven't you? We've never really had that at Salford. We've had a squad of players and if you don't play, if I don't play well this week, I'll be in next week anyway. But I think that's changing now. We are becoming a club that's, I'm not saying we're at the level of St. Helens yet because we're light years behind them and like trophies and that. But I think over the last two years, 18 months, two years, the perception of our club has changed with other clubs. Yeah. I don't think other clubs look at us now and think, oh, it's Salford, Salford, you know, we can turn them over, they're right, yellow bellies. And we used to be like that, Rob, you know as well as I do. Yeah, yeah. You come to Salford and, and we roll over and Leeds would get 50 points, 40 points at, at the Willows. We've seen it before, say it on 16 and things like that, but you don't get that anymore. We have changed, and it takes a long time to change that that perception. And I think you've got to be, you, I think the first thing you've got to do is become difficult to beat. And then, and I think we have been, we've become a hard side to beat now. You know, we're not the easy beats anymore. We're tougher and, and we've got that, that rolly ball that you call it as well. So perfect ingredients to, to do well and win things. So, you know, it's easier said than done, but uh, it's exciting. Yeah, I think we're in the sweet spot because we're not, we're not used to doing it. So we're not sort of, sort of in a mechanical way, just going through the process to get to a final. But we are learning how to do it. And I, I, I think really what, what I look at is, like West Ham, they won some kind of Europa League conference thing, um, and their fans and their players went absolutely lost their mind because they'd never experienced winning a major trophy. And I think we, if we get to a final, there'll be that sort of explosion of emotion that we saw the West Ham fans and players do. That's what we'd be 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 doing, and I'm I'm confident, obviously, that we're on a journey. And it ends. Well, it doesn't end, does it? Because when you win the cup, it's not about it doesn't end when you win a cup. It's about the next challenge in it. But it's taking that second step in it. It's the first step of reaching a, a major final and then it's winning it. It's nice to, I, I think it'd be nice to actually win it though. I yeah. mean, you, you look at the other, a lot of the top flight clubs and a lot of clubs that are out of the top flight that have won major trophies since we've done. I mean, you're talking 76. It's a long time ago now since we won one. And that's generations of people who've missed out on that big day out, that that winning that trophy, that celebration, that sort of, you know, that memory of that day. We, we've got a lot of supporters like me and you that have 
only ever really known mediocrity and that. Yeah. And it's hard to keep that faith and keep going. You know, if you're a St. Helens fan, you, you're blessed with it, really, aren't you? You get to roll up, you get to go to Wembley every season, you get to go to Australia, watch them win the World Club Challenge. It must be great. But for us, you've just got to have that bit more steel about you, haven't you, just to keep to keep going. But my, I was talking to my friend tonight, he's a big City fan, and obviously they, he'd just been to Turkey watching him. He'd been to Wembley the week before, watched him in the Cup Final. And... I don't know it. He doesn't feel the same anymore as what he did 25 years ago when they were rubbish. And I never, I, you know, that's my fear. You know, if Salford won loads of trophies and become like a Wigan, you'd be like, well, does it feel the same anymore? Because it doesn't feel like it used to feel because it's the, the journey's a bit, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? You get spoiled. Oh, yeah, for I get that. Don't you? Yeah, and I think a lot of City fans are like that. Now, you lose your identity, don't you? Now we just win everything now. And it's, you know, you become a bit, what's the word? You become a bit, um, not Stagnant. ignorant, but yeah. And you just, yeah, we win it anyway. And you become mm. a bit cocky about it, don't you? So that is, that's a different sport, isn't it? But I think, I think you, you start to see Wigan and Saints sports have become like that over the years, haven't they? You know, the, the trophies there, well, you just expect to get there to, to file and things. But, uh, but no, we're still on that jury, Robin. It's, it's exciting. It is. Score prediction. What's your thought process? Got to go for it now, haven't I? And I said, uh, <laughs> Lose. <laughs> yeah, I said to my dad last week, uh, he said, What do you think? We're going up early, blah, blah, blah. I said, Yeah, he says, You're normally dead cautious, Paul. I said, You know what? I think we'll absolutely smash okay. Huh? <laughs> do you think so? And, yeah, I think we'll get a false point. No, I'm going to I'm gonna rein it in a little bit. Um, it's going to be a really warm day in it, so I think there's going to be points. Excuse me, I think Salford will win uh, 32 points to 16. 32. 16. I'm going to pipe park in. Park in, what's your prediction? Hi, good evening, guys. Um, sorry for missing uh, tonight's podcast. Um, I won't go into details, bore everybody. Um, yeah, this, this week's a massive game, isn't it? Quarter final of the Challenge Cup. Uh, I know me and, me and Paul, uh, we share the the same feelings towards this competition. It's, it's. I think it's the one that I want to win the most. Um, it's been, you know, been a long time since we we we've won it. Obviously, 1938s. <laughs> yeah, even even further back than I go. Um, but uh, yeah, it'd be a good game this because I think I know Hull KR have got a lot of players missing and people are making a lot of that. But uh, and 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 writing them off. But I I think I think you'll find that you know we've been there as a club as well where. You're depleted on troops, and yet you still turn out a performance and and, a, and get a result. We, you know, that can happen. And going over to Craven Park, it's always a tough place to go. The crowd are on top of you, uh, and they have still got some good players. You know, you got Mikey Lewis and Ryan Hall and Kane Lynette, people like that. They're, they'll still be very tough opposition for us. Um, however, I do I do think we've got enough, um, and I think the lads will be up for it. So I'm going to go with a, a, a Salford win by. 22 to 12. Um, fingers crossed that's right. And uh, yeah, I hope to see everybody there. My prediction for the game against Hulkia, the Cup game, is I'm thinking Salford will win. I think it's going to be a tight one. I'm going to go Hull KR 20, Salford 30. Mm. 30-20, CO hat-trick. 
I thought he was going to say 2021 then. <laughs> that's the extra time. That's one thing we don't want. Golden yeah. point, blooming extra time, do we? But uh, no, I think it'd be great. The only thing is, it's a strange kickoff time at 12 o'clock. Yeah. It's early. Do- I've never known a game kickoff at 12 before. I mean, half 12 or 1 o'clock. Yeah, but 12 is a strange one. But yeah. No, it should be great. It should be a great atmosphere. Sunny day again. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. So that's the end of this week's podcast. Uh, another great show. Paul, I want to say a big thanks to all our listeners who support us via the Kofi, um, you know, help us buy the programmes and the subscriptions that help us create this podcast for you to enjoy. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure every week talking to yourself, Paul, and parking, you know, giving information and talk, giving opinion on our great club. Yeah, I love it. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy doing this and been doing it a number of years with you now. Thank you for taking a punt on me like you did. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. without without you doing that, I probably wouldn't be. Do- well, I wouldn't be doing this now. So uh, you had the faith in me to help you out. So yeah, I enjoy it, Rob. And uh, thanks to the listeners as well who do a do a great job. You know, with their free word match reports and uh, viewing everything we do and, and listening to us. I think it's great. I'm still going to demand a fee from Radio Manchester when they come swooping. <laughs> no, there's no chance of that. Someone mentioned something to me about the week saying, oh, you should uh, do radio and that full time. I said, no, nah, I, I, I like my job. I love my job doing boilers. I'd never give my job up. No, I love it. It'd, be, it'd take a lot of money to make me, well, not money, but I just enjoy my job. I've always enjoyed it. So, mm. um, nah, I, don't, I won't give them my boilers. No chance. No. <laughs> there you go there's Baxter Paul's not leaving he ain't leaving no, he's a loyal bloke he's a loyal bloke <laughs> yeah so big thanks for, for all your support and don't forget you can support us via the Kofi on our socials and obviously you know like I said it's, every every penny matters to us and we uh, we spend it wisely so big thanks for, for tuning in to this week's uh, Devil in Detail podcast I'm Rob Parkson fans on Facebook Devil in Detail SRD fans on Twitter at the ITD SRD and your fans on SoundCloud iTunes Radio Contact, Spotify and YouTube. Good luck, Reds. We'll see you soon.